end of the day, that's that's what we're all here to do is be a better you. And, and us as women working in sports, there are so many women out there. All right, fans, it's game time with Women Wins. That's women working in sports with Sarah and Sarah. I'm Sarah without an H. And I'm Sarah with an H. And we are Women Wins, helping all women win in the sports industry. All right, friends, we're back. It's episode four. That's game four of Women Wins. And I'm Sarah without an H. And I'm Sarah with an H. And this week is an even more exciting week for the Sarahs because it is our birthday week. Birthday week, yes. So what another great coincidence that uh, the Sarah's whole my birthday is on the 22nd and Sarah's birthday is on the 26th. So we are, are you a Pisces? I never even asked you that. Two two Pisces, two Sarah's. We obviously love to have a good time. So we are so happy that you're with us. We have a great episode in store for you. Um, Awesome interview with another Kentucky girl. And to help celebrate and kick off our birthday week. All right. So when we talk about music this week, what is a party without good music? So we have a joint Sarah birthday playlist. Yeah. So we might not be having birthday parties this year, but we are going to still have some good birthday jams. Yep. Yep. And so I like to obviously dance and have a good time on my birthday. So my first song is going to be Move Your Body by Nina Sky. And I don't know if you know that one, but, um, and for all those young listeners out there, make sure to check that out on your Spotify or Apple music. That's move your body and it'll definitely have you moving your body. Sarah, what you got? So, you know who's been really out in the open and in social media lately is Britney Spears. She's been talked about a lot, and so it made me kind of revisit all my old Britney days. So I would have to say you got to throw in Baby One More Time because anybody that listened to music in the 90s and 2000s knows all the words to Baby One More Time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, another one that really gets me excited. Um, it's probably, it's probably a part of my, like, it might be on my jump rope mix, but something that every party needs to have is It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. Now, that's another oldie. I'm always going to bring the oldies on this uh, podcast, but uh, that definitely gets me pumped up. So my next one is called Magic in the Hamptons, and it's by Social House. And I have to credit one of our beach players, Margaret, with this, because I think this song is on every playlist that we have for beach volleyball practice, and it's now on my workout playlist. And it just makes me really get in a good kind of party mood. Yeah. I, uh, my song is Latch by Disclosure and Sam Smith. And I use this song all the time when I speak with our interns about the importance of music in game day and what it can do to your fans. So um, I feel like Latch has a little bit of, it's calm and easy, and then it goes hard. Like, so it's definitely one of those ones that can get, like if everybody's sitting down and then you play this song, there might be a part where everybody starts getting up at the same time and like the party gets crazy. So definitely have to add latch to my birthday list. Sounds like we're going to have a great birthday playlist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Oh, hold on real quick. One last one in the club 50 cent that came out my 21st birthday. I will never forget back in that time. I remember even walking into a party on my birthday song was playing and I was like, happy birthday, shorty. <laughs> it's your birthday. Well, well, we'll add, we'll make sure to release our birthday playlist on uh, women-wins.com so all our friends and listeners out there can get their party started off right. All right. So now it's the time that we always reflect on what inspired us this week. Um, I would just like to share, it's not anything that's particular or stands out it's more 
the fact that I find daily inspiration. Um, you know, if I, I always keep an open mind. And I think that's part of working in marketing and, and having to always be creative and test your creativity. So I always share with our students that you can be inspired by looking at a commercial or a, a advertisement that might have pretty cool fonts that is easy on the eyes, um, also a color scheme or the way a photo is taken. Something as simple as that can be true inspiration. And, um, you know, I, I just, it's kind of like, don't underestimate those daily, daily thoughts and daily practices of being creative, being creative. And then also, um, you know, it's a, another opportunity to show your daily gratitude, which we always share on our, um, on our episodes is what we're grateful for. And so I'm, you know, I think there's going to be weeks where you might be inspired several times. They just might not be big picture items. They're the little pieces of the puzzle that can really, really create an outstanding idea. So never, never close your mind or your continue to think outside the box and be open to those little inspirations. It just makes me think again about our talk with Coach Azell and how she says the your day will go the direction of the corners of your mouth. And if you're looking for inspiration and if you're looking for gratitude and if you're open-minded about it, you're going to see it a lot more often than if you approach the day with, with a negative mindset. So mm -hmm. my inspiration of the week, I recently spent some time volunteering at our local animal shelter when they were doing a spay and neuter clinic. And it was pretty much a animal lover's dream. All we had to do was sit with dogs that had just recently had their procedure done and just pet them and make sure they were okay and wait for them to wake up. And it inspired me seeing all the people at the shelter, all the people with, with the vet clinics, helping to make sure that this was getting done, seeing all the volunteers, these people work for very little and most of these organizations are nonprofit and they do it out of the goodness of their hearts and they are heroes for our animals every day. Sarah, how fun was it to hear Beth last week, uh, the OBC commissioner, talk about her path to where she is now. It's a great story for following your path and like we said before, your path may have some curves, but it's great to see where it leads you. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. And I think coming from both of us, we have definitely had a very interesting path and, and stopping at different, different roles that we've had. And Absolutely. And really, you learn a lot, too. There's a lot of small jobs and internships that people have along the way that you might not think you learn anything that will prepare you for a big time job. But I think back to one of my first jobs ever was in a retail store, just working in the mall. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and I, I learned a lot and I learned about managing people. I learned about organization skills. There's still things it's been 15 plus years since I've had that job and there's still skills that I learned there that I apply to my life now. Go back with what you said. That is so true. You know, with so many different jobs and events that I have gone to. And I, I tell my interns this all the time, just because you're not at a sporting event, but maybe you're at a concert and hopefully we'll be back to seeing live music. But as you enter the event, it's the same thing as entering a sporting event. Take different visuals that you see, the different things you hear, you know, how are people entering the facility? How are they leaving? What's their hospitality like? All those different pieces can be used in athletics. So do not be, you know, don't close off to all that. Be open-minded and, and, you know, and really be inspired about the possibilities. It's all about being a constant learner. 
Exactly. <laughs> but if you're on the lookout to learn, you're always going to be improving in your field. And it's a lot easier when you're trying to learn something to apply to your passion. Uh, on the front door of my office, it even says, think outside the box. You know, don't limit yourself. And that leads really well into our news of the week as we talk about always wanting to be better, not being stuck in a box. And uh, for a while, women's sports have been kind of stuck in a box of just it is how it is. And now we've got some exciting news to see that we're jumping outside of that box, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, especially on the professional level. So there was a uh, news that came out that Mark Davis, he's an NFL owner. He owns the Las Vegas Raiders. And he, this is the first line of this article from USA Today, says Mark Davis put his money where his mouth was when it came to the WNBA. Um, so he had had relationships with the uh, front office, with the Las Vegas Aces, and, and conversations about how they can take the everything that's happened with COVID and the, the declines and uh, people watching sports and things like that. He wanted to help this WNBA team get back on their feet. And one quote that I love here, he says, I'm just excited as hell to get into the future. Um, I believe women today are going to be the driving force throughout not only sports, but the economy and everything else. I think it's time for women and I'm proud to help any way I can. So right there, we got, we have, um, a successful business guy. He has his hands involved with many different areas of sports business, but he is a believer in what professional sports for women can do. Absolutely. It's great to see the support of women's professional sports expanding beyond just the female athletes who are working so hard for better working conditions. Um, it's great to see someone else stepping in. And along those same lines, earlier this year in January, Abby Wambach started announcing that she was among the ownership group of the Angel City Football Club. It's a new professional women's soccer team in Southern California that'll begin play in 2022. And the LA Times talks about how Abby Wambach, she is promising to use that position to push for higher salaries, better working conditions, 401k benefits, so they can retire with dignity, not debt. And that really goes back to Abby Wambach talking about how she uh, was honored with an icon award at the ESPYs alongside Kobe Bryant and Peyton Manning. Mm -hmm. And how their futures were very different, even though they were all three very successful athletes. So just overall, it's great to see that female sports are expanding and the lives for female athletes are, are becoming more enriched with these opportunities. Mm -hmm. And there is a, a great reference. If anybody wants to listen to the interview with Abby Wambach, uh, Brene Brown does a excellent podcast, Dare to Lead. And uh, she has an episode with Abby and it talks all about this new franchise or new group that's um, women's soccer professional uh, moving to Los Angeles. So it's a really good, really good interview. So I, uh, you can find that on Spotify. Let's talk about off the court today, Sarah. We both like a lot of the similar things, but this week I'm going to talk about my love for jump roping. It's funny when I start thinking about when I started jump roping, I, when I was living in Tennessee, I had a, a trainer that I would go to all the time and it was a more of a hit style workout where we would have multiple stations and we would just do different exercises and the cardio portion always seem to be jump roping and um and you know my trainer so that's cool that you can you know share with everybody that she's not a joke so um but when i was in tennessee ani again like i said would do a lot of hit routines where jump rope was always a part of it at first jump roping you know it takes a lot of practice to really get good at it 
it's funny because I've gotten to the point where I'm very specific with my jumps and how quick I move the rope. And then when I have my headphones on and the playlist is on our website, so you can check that out at womens-wins.com under what we listen to. But my jump rope, I, I like the funny part about this is when I go to the gym and I'm jump roping with my headphones on, it's kind of like I am doing a halftime performance. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like get into all the routines and like special little, um, I don't know, how would you, what would you say? Like when you watch these different jump rope groups come together and you do like double dutches and things like that, <laughs> like I do high knees and I'll do some uh, heel taps and and side by sides and front and back so i mean it's just like if you want a quick cardio workout something that can really get your endurance up i will tell you go buy a two dollar jump rope get in the routine and habit of always adding that into your workout yeah. it makes me think sarah do you remember did you ever do jump rope for heart in <laughs> elementary school <laughs> i did um, jump rope or heart. Yeah. You would pledge money to see how many jumps you could get. Um, I would dare somebody to pledge for me right now. See, <laughs> <laughs> I think that jump rope for heart might've been the start of my competitive nature. I remember getting those pledges and being like, oh, I'm going to crush this. <laughs> I'm going to get all the jumps I possibly can. I will go up against anybody jump roping. <laughs> Um, yeah. So what's your off the court this week, Sarah? So my off the court is I love to do yoga and I'm going to put in a little disclaimer. I'm not trained in any yoga at all other than just, I watch videos. I've gone to classes. I practice it a lot on my own. Uh, but I love all the different types of yoga that you can do. Like I love that I can do a uh, heavy yoga where I'm sweating and burning a lot of calories and then I love that I can do yoga like I did today where my body's sore from a lift I just did and I just needed to stretch it all out and and feel good and one of my favorite things about yoga is it's taught me to to breathe a little bit more to slow down and to to really just kind of be in that moment and uh, I love sharing it. I've led our team in a few little mini yoga sessions, and I really love it. I tell them I'm turning on my yoga voice whenever we get started. <laughs> but my, my goal one day is to be a certified yoga instructor. I think that that would be a really cool job to have to just share that. Yoga is not for everybody, but I think if everybody tried their own kind of yoga, you could find ways to have your own it's like meditation, you know, your own five minute yoga flow where you just get ready for the day, get your body woken up and, and you, and it helps you to really understand your body a little bit more and to, to be aware of it. So I love yoga. Maybe one day we'll do a, a little yoga sesh on social media. We'll do yoga and jump rope. We're excited for this week's guest. Just to give you a short rundown on her background, she started her career in athletics uh, really when she was in college at Fried Hardeman University when she was a student intern working in all different sports and then became a GA at Murray State. After that, she was hired at the University of Kentucky in 1997 and has been there ever since. She's now the Director of Athletics Communications and Public Relations for the football team we're excited to have Susan Lax on our show today. We wanted to just start with your story. Uh, we're really big on stories because everybody has a different path to where they got to. So why don't you talk about when you decided you wanted to work in athletics and specifically when you wanted to start working in public relations and that side of athletics? Well, I played tennis at Freed Hardeman, which is a small Christian liberal arts school down in Tennessee. And I was playing tennis and was the only American for a while. Everybody said, were you an all-American? I was like, no, I was the only American. <laughs> um, so, but we were really good. And um, what happened was when you're, I was a 
PR major, public relations major, and they said, you have to do an internship, so many hours on and so many hours off campus. So my tennis coach was also the AD, and he, he was like, well, have you ever heard of sports information? And I'm like, no. And so he, he set me up with the baseball coach, who was the SID at the time, sports information director. And he said, would you be willing to, to be like a student SID? I said, sure. So I ended up doing it, had no clue what I was doing and ended up loving it so much. He said, listen, what if you just do this your last semester of a senior year and I'll just keep you on the tennis team too. And I'm like, okay. So I was doing women's basketball, volleyball, you know, free didn't have that many sports, but, and back then, I mean, there was no email was just starting out. If you can believe that. And there was no internet and all that. I would literally call the Jackson Sun in Jackson, Tennessee and read the box score. Like, um, you know, Susan Lax was five of eight from the field, oh, one from the three, two of two from the free throw. Like, I went through every person, if you can believe that. And the fax machine, we faxed everything. But, um, but I had a mentor who was at Christian Brothers in Memphis. And he was like, hey, you need to be a member of COSIDA, which is the College Sports Information Directors of America. And he was like, it would be really beneficial to you if you go to the conference, um, which is that year, the next year was in Denver, Colorado. You meet people, you'll network. So I graduated from Freed, um, had no real plan, but my dad and I got in the car and drove to Denver, Colorado from Murray, Kentucky. No way. Went, went to this conference. Yes. Showing up there 21 hours. <laughs> In my Ford Tempo stick shift up these mountains, um, the fan belt broke when pulled into the, the hotel. My dad walked to the auto zone and replaced the fan belt himself. Totally. Wow. I went to this conference and I met all these people and the guys that stood out to me were in the OBC and we started calling ourselves the young guns. We were all in our twenties. Um, and when I got back home, I was so I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. And Murray State had a position for me to start for free. But I could at least start as an SID there and go to grad school. And I just kind of worked my way up. And before you knew it, I was doing everything, rifle and softball, baseball, basketball, uh, helping with football, helping with men's basketball. I was doing everything. Um, and so that's how, it, that's how it went down. I just had these little helpers along the way. And when I was at Murray, I applied for a job at the Southeastern Conference, didn't get it. But because I applied for it, Kentucky called and said, hey, we've got a job opening. Y'all have anybody at the SEC? And they said, oh, we just interviewed this girl from Kentucky a few weeks ago. Um, she's young and doesn't have a lot of experience. So they called me to apply, and I thought it was a joke. I thought my friends were playing a joke on me. And no, it wasn't a joke. They were for real they needed someone and I applied for the job came on an interview and that was in 1997 and I have been at Kentucky ever since wow yeah you know the how have you guys evolved obviously you know things have changed on the uh, playing surface but internally in your offices like oh how man it's just it's so different it's so different it's social media is a game changer that's what's changed um, our roles as media relations directors, it's, it's been, it was sports information, then media relations. Now it's public relations. We're crisis management. We're all these things. We're recruiting. I think I do more recruiting things than I do anything. Everything I do, I'm thinking about recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Um, but it's changed in our office in that we are now kind of our own communications. Uh, we don't necessarily pitch as many stories as we used to to the media. We want to tell the story first before it gets to the media, which is so different where I used to be on the phone, like trying to promote, 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 you know, my kid with the local papers. Now it's all about how can we get this out on social brand? It's about branding our guys. I just left interviews we're doing right now with like 30 different guys of ours. We're trying to promote um, just so we can give them a little snippet to put out on, on social. So now that's where our, our thinking is, is, we're meeting with every week we have a group of about 11 of us there's photographers um, graphic designers video our chief of staff of football um our recruiting people we all are in one room every week and talking about what are we putting out 
What are we, what's going out this week? Every single day is something needs to be going out. So that's changed a whole lot where we used to be real stat driven history records, you know, kind of the nerdy, the nerdy people of the group. Um, we've really evolved into now we're, we're doing public relations. We're really trying to promote our team and our program. Mm -hmm. So who, who is like, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody in your office that still focuses on statistics and records and things like that. Correct. Well, it's still me. It's still okay. me. And it's still, it's still our, our group. Yeah. We definitely are still doing that. Mm -hmm. It's just not as, as a, focused as it was. Uh, we still are doing game notes every Sunday and Monday and clippings for the, you know, for the media. We still have that media relations job that we have to do, updating the website and career stats and all that kind of stuff. So I'm still doing that. Trust me. <laughs> Yeah. That, that leads really well into a question that I think will be really exciting to talk about is how do you manage working with all those different departments while you're all still managing around common goals? So it's a big group to try to do stump something every day of the week. So how do you guys manage that? Well, you really just have your role and you try to do your role, but help the others. So our, now we have social, like strategic communications, which is so key because before I was trying to do all the social and be the SID and help with everything else. And I literally almost lost my mind in 2018 when our football team went to the, to the Citrus Bowl. We had Josh Allen, who was you know, the first round draft pick. We had Benny Snell. We had all these players. And I was doing social. And I can just remember like my eyes crossing together and being like, wanting to cry like, I can't do this all. And so having social media guy now hired is so pivotal. So what we do is our marketing guy kind of helps formulate the plan. Okay. And then he's kind of delegates, okay, now video, what are you going to do? And then video works with me. Hey, you're going to get the player. And then I make sure everything's spelled right. The social media guy puts the post together, sends it back to me. Does this look good? And then it's sent out all approved by our, operations guy at football. So that's how it kind of works in the sequence. We work together as a team. Everybody knows their role. Um, and that's how we get it done. Mm -hmm. You know, one person doesn't pull their weight, then is the video guys don't show up on time, then I'm going to be mad. And if I don't get the players there, it's kind of just, everybody's got to pull their own weight, just like a team. Yeah. So it's definitely dedication. And you guys have that amongst your staff. Um, and just, so folks know that Susan, obviously her main focus is for football. Um, you know, talk about that, the ups and downs. Um, some seasons are good, some seasons are bad. And when you're in a PR position, how wow. do you handle that? Wow, it's crazy because I, when I started, I was probably one of the few women in football. Um, and now there's more women directors than I've ever known before. but. Um, so I was 18 years as the head women's basketball person, number two football. And then in the last five years, I've been the head person for football. But when I started, we had Tim Couch. He was going to, he was up for the Heisman. We went to the Outback Bowl and then we kind of went, Arr. and then we've slid up basically in the last few years with Coach Stutes. But how you go through it is you just basically try to make it about the kids. And what I try to do is make, them happy and so if the guys are happy are we doing everything we can to promote them and make them have a good experience then that's that's what we need to do so even when we're having bad times we can focus on some good stuff so maybe we weren't too good but maybe we have a player that's really good in the community so let's focus on that um so that's what we try to do mitch barnhart rad is like all about teaching us about making sure the athlete has a great experience here. So it's, that's what it is for me. It's like all about the guys and they're awesome to work with. And even when you stink, you're going to have guys on your team that have a story and it's just up to us to get to know them, to tell it. Mm -hmm. And that's what, one of the things I think that I'm pretty good at is, and even my boss is like, how do you know this? I'm like, I just sat next to him in the cafeteria and we just started talking. And the next thing you know, the story comes out. And I was like, what? Um, that's how I found out about Courtney Love, who ended up winning the Whirlpool Trophy. I found out he was mentoring this little boy and then started asking questions. And 
uh, Steven Johnson, one of our quarterbacks, had Tourette's, and it just came out in a conversation. And then it found found out somebody, some little boy um, heard his story about Tourette's, and it became this big inspiration for him. Look, that's how it happens, just sitting in the cafeteria talking. Yeah, I love that. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the reason why a lot of us continue on into this career path is just, I mean, working with athletes is the best part of, of the job, really. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome that you can create those bonds. And I want to circle back to that a little bit later, but um, I want to talk, because I'm from Lexington. I grew up in Lexington my whole life. I remember going to football games when Tim Couch was playing in the snow but I want to specifically talk about when Coach Stoops got hired. I remember watching the Super Bowl, and Kentucky football had a Super Bowl commercial. And I just remember being like, whoa, this is big. So you, you obviously had to have been part of that. So can you talk about that decision into taking a step towards that to promote the football team? Yeah, well, uh, our marketing people came up with that idea of how can we show – it's and it's basically the Super Bowl commercial runs regionally on on the TV on TV screen, but it also goes out on socials. So it was it was pretty national, but you only saw it if you lived regionally. Yes. But they when he first got here and the recruiting we were doing, we were getting all these big recruits and like, how can we show that this is different? We're not just the old Kentucky football that we used to be. And they came up with that idea, and it just obviously kicked it kicked butt and. So we've been doing it ever since. And this year was different because we weren't able to put it on regionally because of COVID and the money situation that every department's going through. But we put it out on social and then we did little mini videos for each, not every guy, but like our main returnees all got a little video they could post out. Every coach got a little video. So it was a little bit more work for us, but it ended up being really cool. Um, and so that's just something now we're kind of known for. At Super Bowl, you're going to look for a Kentucky football commercial. And yeah. so all props to our marketing people for thinking outside the box. And, and then we just put it together and kind of come. We, each year we kind of come up with what's our mantra going to be. Coach Stoops isn't big into doing anything funny and crazy. He is a blue collar, put your head down, go to work kind of guy. And, but when Coach Slarman, our offensive line coach that passed away this year, Coach asked him one time when he was really sick, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you still here coaching and doing this? He goes, for the team. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, and that's what we've been saying all year now since he passed is, why are we doing what we're doing? And for the team. And so that became our Super Bowl thing. And, and so every year we kind of have something that is a call to the fans and a call to everyone that, hey, the next season started, last season's gone. And, and here's what you got to do. I love that. I, I just think that's such an important message across athletics. That yeah. Everything we do, we don't have jobs without the student athletes. And so we're here to serve them and make sure they get the best experience that they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Yep. Um, and I know going back to the PR hat that you wear, you know, you talk about how you focus on recruiting and how this would help benefit the team. What is your approach when you're thinking about the fans um, in the community and things like that? Is that something that you always have structured into your plan as for content and how do you roll that out? Well, and our marketing people really are the fan people that are driving the fan bus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just help with whatever I can with our players. And, and then part of that is our marketing guy, Nathan Schwaki. He wants us to have our players engage with the fans because he thinks you get to know, and I think this too, if you get to know our guys, you'll really want to buy season tickets and come to the game because yep. they're sweet baby angels. And um, so that's the thing, like we do a lot of different things as far as our guys call in season ticket holders. Mm -hmm. Um, We've delivered to their homes before and surprised them with their actual tickets. We've done things like that pre-COVID. So um, as far as what I'm thinking, I kind of let marketing drive me to to that aspect of it, the fan part of it. But everything we put out is we want you to say, oh my goodness, this is cool. I want to buy a ticket to come see the Cats play. Mm -hmm. Um, And that makes everybody better. If the stands are full, the whole experience is better. 
in Moorhead, Kentucky, it's it's such a unique community that are just like you said, if the fans know the student athletes, they're gonna go out and support them. You know, they talk about a lot how minor league baseball and these uh, different professional level baseball teams, how they can get those crowds is because they're living with host families and they're out in the community for three, four months and they're making a difference. And we really need to focus on that same approach within college athletics. And um, even in that, I love that you said that you're doing that in Lexington. Yeah. And, and can- it's free. <laughs> you don't have to have money for marketing to do that, Very true. to make calls and to, to do fun stuff. And that's why women's basketball has always been a fan favorite because they, they hang out after the game and they do autograph signings and they're waving at the crowd and they're coming in the crowd and hugging little kids. And that kind of, it's all about fan engagement. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it feeds off just like you yeah. know, your different departments, you, each of you get positive feedback when you, you have a team that can participate and be, uh, you know, they opt into what your whole philosophy is. So yeah, it helps. It benefits marketing, benefits PR and public relations and um, strategic communication. It makes it a lot easier and smoother. Yeah, <laughs> sure does. I mean, and being open and honest with our fans is, is key, I think. And um, trying to get back to everybody, if there's an email or maybe a direct message or that's tough to do, but trying to at least acknowledge their presence is, is key, even when they're upset and angry. Like, I appreciate you taking the time to write us or to send in an email or DM us on social media. But those are the kind of PR things that I can help with with the fans is letting them know that, that they're heard and they're important mm-hmm. and we want you to buy some tickets. <laughs> yeah, you can't walk away from conflict right. <laughs> when you're in this field. So. Right. Well, you've talked a lot about your relationship with the players and especially because of social media, players and coaches are very much public figures today. Um, They're not just athletes. And so what advice do you have for athletes, for coaches, other people in the industry and how they manage their social media presence, both as their personal life and their sport professional life? Well, Um, really there's, I don't think there's a difference anymore. If you're going to be public on social media, if you're going to allow anybody to follow you, then what you put in public is private and private is public. Like it's all one. So what I, what I tell our, our freshmen, when they come in, we meet about social media and I say to them, your slate is clean out clean. This is your chance now to brand yourself. So who do you want to be? So the key is to make rules for yourself. Do you want to tweet past 11? Do you want to tweet when you have drinks? Do you want to be in pictures with when people have alcohol? Um, Do you want to be at a party with people that you shouldn't be with? Like you've got to think about yourself and the rules that you want to establish for yourself. Um, So we go through and talk about what's your brand, who do you want to be? And each guy can decide for themselves. Like um, we have a player that's like, I want to be known as a guy that's in the community service. Well, what are you doing? to put out stuff that makes me go, oh gosh, he's doing a lot of community service. And so when I look at your social media, I should be able to look at maybe four or five of the first posts of yours and see what kind of person you are automatically. Are they inspirational quotes? Are they just pictures of you? And we use a, we use a company called Influencer that helps us come in each year and, and talk about branding. And what, what helps is this app that Influencer has is every photo and video that we take, it automatically, uh, we upload it to Influencer and it tags that athlete. So you have the choice of downloading what was tagged of you and posting it on your social. That way they're not texting me 500 times like, can you give me those pictures of practice today? So Influencer helps us a lot. And it also helps because once they go to the next level, Influencer can help take you even further as far as like doing, making money on social media. Um, But what I try to tell our coaches and athletes is just who do you want to be and go brand yourself that way. It's up to you. I can't stop you from posting things. I can just look at it and call you and say, I don't think this is a good idea for you to retweet a rap lyric that says something about hoes and whatever. 
Yeah. And like, oh, well, that's a Drake song. I'm like, well, I don't know that. A business <laughs> owner doesn't know that. So you've got to think, think twice before you tweet. If in doubt, don't tweet it out. That's another one of my things. Because I, in tennis, I'd say, uh, if in doubt, call it out. <laughs> that was, just, that's funny so, um so i said if in doubt don't don't tweet it out yeah uh, so that's another one of my things i tell my players if you you doubt one second if you should put it out text it to me first and i'll let you know real quick if you should so it's just about your goals what do you want to do with social how do you want to do it mm-hmm. you have folks that are are kind of doing random checks or weekly reviews of all your student athletes well our compliance department has has a something they use that has all these words and it's Mm -hmm. they say a word then that'll happen and i tell our guys if i'm calling you about your social the first two words you need to say are thank you to me because i am your first person that's going to be like yo this does not look good and if it gets higher up to mitch barnhart or compliance and you're in you're, it's, it's just too much. There's no reason it should ever get that far. So yeah, we do. And I try to, I'm, I make them follow me and I follow them and just try to help them along because they're just little precious babies and they don't know sometimes. And it, sometimes it makes having a bad post one time makes you learn a lesson. Oh yeah. 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 I'm glad that you brought up the potential for their future and making money off social media. And I don't want to put you on the spot with this question, but how are you preparing them for NIL things that are about to happen? For those who don't know what the NIL is, NIL stands for the name, image, and likeness. So this is some new legislation that the NCAA is looking to get passed uh, for student athletes to be able basically to brand themselves and to be able to make money while they are student athletes. Well, right now what we're doing is Using influencer is a, is a huge start to, to for us, um, helping them promote themselves. And then what we're doing is we kind of have a list of guys that we call our call our guys the NIL guys, the guys that we know are going to need to extra promotion. So we're trying to give them extra content. What can we do for the, this group of guys right now? And it, that list changes all the time because um, you've got to do what's right with Coach Stoops. You've got to do what's right on and off the field to be on this NIL list. And so we're trying to really talk to them about branding, about their social media, when they're in the media, talking to them, how business owners are watching them and listening to them um, and helping that. And then they all want to be verified on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. And that is like a point I just want to go because that it's just something we just can't get everybody and their mom verified. That's something they want to do. And we'll listen to their business ideas. And when it does pass and all the rules and regulations are brought down. Um, but right now we're just trying to provide them with content to get their social media where they want it to be. So that once they become big enough to get paid, then their social media is there and ready. Yeah. And if we've learned anything <laughs> with social media, it's that things you post never really go away. So Keeping those lessons is important for sure. Yeah. So this is a great segue. Talk about those challenges. What? um, Well, that's uh, the challenge. I mean, I can just tell you that social media is a challenge. And um, another challenge is just um, the work-life balance, which I'm sure you guys know. Um, You know, doing women's basketball for 18 years, I was just gone all the time. I missed so many things. Yeah. And... COVID has been really cool in some ways because I've been at home and I I don't have kids and I'm not married, but I've gotten to see all my family and where I spent holidays with them and summer was so long, but that has always been a challenge of working and when not to work and, and all those kinds of things. But that's, I mean, just dealing with the everyday media and what they need and, Time management, just trying to get our guys to have time to do stuff is just a challenge. Mm -hmm. That's really, that's really it. Everything else is just great. (laughs) (laughs) 
So along with those challenges, you can have challenges with your, you know, what you're working with with football or women's basketball, but there can also be challenges of being at the same place for over 20 years. So can you talk about some things that have been um, positive that have made you want to stay at the University of Kentucky for so long and, and what things that women working in the industry should look for in, in a role that they're looking to have? Well, I have always said, and people have asked me thousands of times, why have you stayed this long? But it's just the people that I work with. Mm-hmm. I have it so good here. And starting with Mitch Barnhart, our AD, who really, really cares about everybody. And then my boss, who I've been with the whole time I've been here, 20, it's been 24 years, Sarah, 24. <laughs> yeah, I will start 25. <laughs> I said it was 20 earlier. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm glad it's almost 25. Um, but I have almost left one time. But when I got to that place on the interview, I was just like, oh, this isn't the same. Yeah. Um, but it is all about your work-life balance, the people you work with. It's not greener on the other side a lot of times. So I've stayed here because of that. Um, I really enjoy working here. I think for other women doing this role, the key is to find people that you work well with because that's, you're around them more than your families Mm -hmm. in athletics. So you've got to find people that's like your family away from home and a good coach that you really want to work under. I've been lucky to be under women's basketball coaches that have been awesome. And then Coach Stoops includes me. Now, if Coach Stoops didn't treat me right or, you know, didn't include me as a female, I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. But he treats me just like I'm one of the guys. And sometimes that's good and sometimes bad. Like, he'll yell at me just like he will anybody else. But he also includes me. And just because I'm a female, I'm still in the locker room post game, And I can pretty much, you know, do anything the guys do, except when they're showering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know. Yeah. And as a female too, you have to stay professional around all these men. And that's a key that I try to tell our girls that are interning and student workers, what you're wearing to practice, how your, your body language with them, hugging on them. Like you don't mean anything by it, but it's just a professional thing that you have to watch. You just do. It's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I'm still here at Kentucky. It's a special place. Mm-hmm. You know, you bring up a great point talking about having, you know, coaches and staff and, and things. And, and that does, I, I can really agree with that. When you have a, a boss or an athletic director that you connect well and you respect and, and want to keep learning, like that is a very special thing, you know, and even though you might have a lot of challenges and questions, why do we do things the way we do and the money's not there, the positives will always outweigh. You know, I, I look forward to going to work every day so I can learn from somebody, you know. Um, so, you know, and it does, it takes a true passion. You know, you talked about in the beginning that you did this for free. Because I'm kind of going on this whole passion thing. Yeah. And we just, you know, Sarah asked some advice. Um, I want to give advice to young, not just females, any young trying to make it in this field. Like, um, you know, we could sit there and preach all day that they need to get as much hands-on experience as possible. But let's hear it from you. What made it, you know, what were the biggest benefits that you saw when you first started out? Well, when I first started, I was willing to do anything they asked me. I didn't know any better. So I was driving the track and field van. I was cleaning. I would have cleaned gum up under the bleachers if they asked me to do it. (laughs) I literally was the PA for softball, and I didn't know anything about softball. I called someone one time the second fielder, okay? (laughs) But I did it. I did it, and I did volleyball PA, and I did – you know, I was the rifle SID, like who knows anything about rifle, but I learned so many cool things. Did you know that they shoot between their heartbeats? No, I didn't either. And we have a rifle team. (laughs) Yeah. And so I just thought that was the coolest thing. So I just, I just, you know, I was just living my dream. And that's the thing. If you really want to work in sports, then you'll be willing to do it for free. And at Murray, 
you know, I just didn't know any better. So I just said, okay, put me wherever you want to put me. And I made so many contacts. And that's the thing too, is making contacts. Because you never know all these coaches that are here, if they're going to leave, come back, be your head coach. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe they're getting fired, but they come back one day. Um, So not burning any bridges, but I made all these connections at Murray and all these connections on my that trip to Cosida that I've ended up using networking. But I tell our students now to start as a freshman in college or even in high school. If you know what you want to do, if you're thinking, I want to work in sports, then start now as soon as you can. Volunteer at the minor league. Go to, go to Moorhead. Say, I'll work for free. I'll do anything. I'll clean the gum up off the bleachers. And then eventually you'll start, you'll get a paid position. It's just, you've got to take the time. And that's what we do. We weed out students left and right. If you're working and volunteering, everybody wants to work men's basketball and football here. But if you're working, I want to work tennis, golf, softball, rifle, then we start going, hmm, put a little check mark by your name. And then the next thing you know, we've got a paid internship coming. Well, this guy showed up to everything. Um, and then, oh, we've got a paid position. Well, we can, you know, so you know what I'm saying. Um, if you know what you want to do, then jump in, do it. No excuses. Yeah. Love that. I think that you hear this professionally everywhere. No experience is bad experience. And there, and I talk about it all the time. My first job ever was in retail in, in the mall. And there's still things that I learned in that experience that I can apply now, you know, 15 dealing with public. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You know, customer service is something that is huge in our jobs. And, and so you can learn from any experience you have, as long as you have that open mind about it. You never know where your life's going to take you. um, And you just have to have that open mind, like Sarah mentioned and keep evolving. Sometimes, you know, and I'm sure you working with young students all the time that attempt to, I guess I shouldn't say attempt, but they, you know, they, they try it out for a semester and they realize, whoa, yeah, it's not for me. And I'm like, yeah. listen, you think it's hard now? <laughs> like, yeah. like you just wait until you've been doing this for decades. You yeah. know, it doesn't get much easier. It just always changes. And that's why I love it. That no day is the same. Yeah. Me too. I love that. That's whatever. That's when I go to speak to classes. I'm like, this is not a nine to five. This is a seven day or some days and it's an 80 hour some, some weeks. Oh, yeah. But the cool things is I've been to Hawaii four times. I've been to the Virgin Islands three times. I've been to every, almost every state in the U S I get all kinds of gear for free. Uh, go to cool places and I get to meet about, now 25 new little cutie patooties every year (laughs) who end up being my friends. And, and it's just, I mean, it's sports. You get to freaking get paid to watch a game and it's pretty cool. And so if you can get in it and you want to do this, then why wouldn't you try to get in as soon as you can and start from the bottom? I do want to ask one more question regarding work. Uh, I think it's pretty neat that, and I can tell that your personality is very genuine, just like uh, the Sarah's. And <laughs> but I we're think, soul sisters. There you go. Yeah, and I think it's fun because I have an opportunity to work with all the student athletes, and Sarah obviously coaching. But when you can connect with them, and and they they build that trust with you. And they just start having these conversations. I just love that creative approach. It's not like you're trying to pull it out of them. You're having conversation with a young adult that they probably don't get to have a lot of just conversations. And, you know, um, because of the way their social life is and they're going to practice and, um, you know, you really create a bond that I'm sure you still talk to student athletes from, 10, 15 years ago. I mean, that's the benefit that I love that we we get that chance to do that. And to be able to do that with no ulterior motives. Like we don't have an idea for them. We just want to be there for them. I just try to, even though I'm 48, I try to adapt to them. I'm on TikTok. I'm not on it, on it, but I'm on it. So I know what's (laughs) going on. I'm on Snapchat so I can know what's happening. Um, I don't know everything. I I laugh because one of my athletes, I asked him, if you could have dinner with anyone dead or alive, three people, who are they? 
and he he said juice world and i was like juice world and so i tweeted out like i'm so old i don't even know who juice world is well i spelled it w-o-r-l-d and he replied back with this emoji he's like it's w-r-l-d and it's a rapper who's passed away and so i didn't even know and it's just it's just so fun to to learn new things from them Mm-hmm. Um, I try to stay hip, but it's, you can't, you just can't unless you're in their, their world. Yeah. But they, I mean, I do love that part of it is getting to know them and, mm-hmm. and hearing, I mean, a lot of them don't have great family lives and they want to talk to you about it. And it's just, you got to take time. It does. It does. And it's funny. I, uh, they call me, you know, auntie, <laughs> auntie Sarah. I love that. <laughs> you know, and so like, I just, I kind of just, I've stuck with it. Like I'm your aunt Sarah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm going to be part of your, part of your life, the rest of your life. So, you know, be ready. If I don't hear from you, when I send you a text, I'm going to keep texting you. So um, I know I say, listen, I'm not calling you to talk. <laughs> I'm calling you because I need something. How do you, um, you know, talking about, you've seen progression with women in your role at other universities, uh, like, do you keep in contact with those folks? Is there a, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. My, one of my good girlfriends is now the head person, um, at Notre Dame football. Okay. Um, she actually came here a couple of weeks ago and it was hysterical. We talk shop the entire time and just like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And we would be painting our nails or whatever and be talking shop. And I just was like, stopped for a second was laughing like here's these two chicks and we're just sitting here talking football (laughs) if anybody could hear this um and so like I'm so proud of them they go to the playoffs and then my friends in Alabama and she does a lot for them and her you know what all she's she's doing and there's there's girls all over um I've got a really good friend named Molly Mazzolini that y'all need to have on that she she did branding for the U S Olympics and now she um, runs her own company in Salt Lake city and they go around and they redo all these buildings and sports arenas and with their company um, infinite scale design is what their company's called. But like, I'm so proud of her. Like I, I want to support all the women that are doing cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them start, you know, have started, they were interns when I met them and now they're assistant ADs. And so I think it's really cool and I'll help any, anybody at any time. That's for sure. We got to all stay together. Well, Susan, this has been so much fun. And I feel like it's been great to just, even like you just said, just talk shop. I know we look forward to talking about things because it's our passion because it's what we enjoy talking about. So we're glad to have you on here. We hope that you can come back and join us again sometime on Me too. Maybe after a championship. It'll be our first football championship, okay? And I can talk to you about that. We'll write it down for sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, we do have one last part. Okay. Get to know who Susan is. Okay. Okay. So this is, we call this tunnel talk. Um, The way our arena set up, you know, we, we have a tunnel that the team comes out to the court. So this is everything about Susan outside of the cats okay okay Okay. so um we're just gonna go rapid fire questions and you throw out the answers okay okay um what is your favorite ice cream flavor oh it's oreos oreo cookies and cream okay what's your favorite movie uh shawshank redemption good choice what's the last show you binged i guess uh, bridgerton Oh, did you like it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, How do you take your coffee? I don't drink coffee. That's the second person we've had. I'm high on life. I do have a Keurig at home in case anyone else wants coffee, but hospitality. I love it. (laughs) Well, who is someone that you look up to or admire? Oh, man. Um... I would guess I would say, I would say uh, Mitch Barnhart, our AD. I admire him a lot and how he gets a lot of negative things said about him, but he just stays the course and does, does what he does. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, what's your current on repeat song? Uh, Jason Aldean, and the song is, oh gosh, and he says, hell no, I don't, you know what song I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't, I'm going to listen to it today though. Okay, well it's awesome, <laughs> and you'll have it on repeat. <laughs> what's the best vacation that you've ever taken? Oh gosh, every year I go with my college girlfriends down to um, Seaside, Florida every year. Nice. And so that's every year, that's my best vacation. We have so much fun. And if you had one word to describe your leadership style, what would it be? Um, trusting. I, like I just, that. yeah, I'm not a micromanager at all. I'm like, here's your job, go for it, do it and I trust you to do it, and I won't hound you about it. Well, great, great. Well, that concludes your tunnel talk. You survived. Nice. That was easy. <laughs> well, uh, thank you to all the listeners out there. Thank you to Susan. This has been a really good time. Um, you know, us three Kentucky girls, we definitely have to get together once life gets back to normal. So uh, we do appreciate you taking the time on Women's Wins. Thank you all so much. Great to meet you, Sarahs. Sarah, how much did you love Susan? Susan was great. I love having another S on the program. Another soul sister, as Susan liked to put it. Yep, another soul sister. And, and that just shows you, too, when you get women in the same room that do this for a living, I mean, you connect. And all you want to do is build each other up. And that's what we're trying to make happen with Women Wins and um, I hope that our listeners learned something today. I definitely took, a, I have several takeaways, uh, just like every other episode. I mean, we're bringing some great content and another guest that we hope to have uh, several times down the road. That's right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Women Wins. Make sure you follow us on all social media at Women Wins and at our website, women-wins.com. We can't wait to see you next time.